Welcome to the Wonder Woman podcast. My name is Katie Freeman and I am your host. Every week I bring you two interviews with female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all around the world. Today's guest is Althea of Riveted Woodworking. So Althea has been a maker for quite some time uh, doing all sorts of things really starting with sewing and then getting into scroll saw signs and now doing large-scale built-ins and furniture pieces. So quite a journey and she's made a business out of it. So so happy to have her on and get to chat with her about her story and uh, how she's making her business work right now. Before we hop into the interview with Althea, I want to give a big shout out and thank you to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Kevin Lefty's Woodshop, Christy Twisted Twine, Christina B, Jeremy Spies, Sammy Go Sammy Lee, Sven Dwarf Size Workshop, Rachel Moody Makes, Bonnie Toolmom Bonnie, Toolmomstore.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou Made by Mary Lou, Amy Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly Reclaim Living Store, Brandy Studio Obey, Kathy One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued and ongoing support, uh, helping me to produce two episodes a week, every week. And uh, with no further ado, let's hop on into the interview with Althea of Riveted Woodworking. Well, I always have uh, my guests introduce themselves. So when you're ready, you can go right ahead. Okay. I'm Althea and I own uh, Riveted Woodworking Design. Um, I specialize mostly in built-ins, but also do furniture. Um, And it's been quite a journey to kind of get to where I am and how I'm doing built-ins. I've always been in design, but my business started with hand-painted signs and quickly grew for several reasons. But once I started learning the tools to make the signs myself versus like having my husband help me, um, it kind of created a sickness in, uh, in, in realizing how awesome and empowering it was to, to learn how to do them and to create with them, um, and then everything else has been such a, an evolution, um, how, how I've, how I, where I started to what I'm doing now, um, some happy accidents, some, you know, fail ups as we like to call them, things like that. But, um, I absolutely love this niche that I'm in right now, um, where I'm not quite a contractor, but I, you know, it's, it's different than, then furniture, which I still enjoy, um, but there's just something about that after that, you know, like impact you're making mm-hmm. on someone's home with these pieces. 
um, both aesthetically, but also functionally. Um, and so I just, I really love it. And everything's different, which sometimes is a pain. Most <laughs> of the time it's just fun um, to see what you can create and how you can have two of the same name thing, you know, like built-ins around a fireplace, but they can look completely different and just change of space. So um, yeah, that's me. That's what I do. I have two kids. Um, my daughter's six and a half and my son's four and a half. And um, the life is crazy. Um, good crazy, but crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so they, and they've pretty much only known me to do this. I, um, I was fortunate that when I was pregnant with my son, my husband got a new job. So we moved and I was kind of given a choice of, okay, do I look for a new job or do I start something? And um, I kind of dealt with the soul sucking corporate jobs for a while. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I didn't want to work for anybody else. And that I think sometimes it's not knowing what you do want. It's what you don't want. That helps really uh, help you figure out what you want to do, which I think is why my, my business itself has evolved. I just knew I wanted it to be for me um, rather than someone else and something I'm passionate about. And now I finally found my groove, but um, that's definitely what kicked it into, into gear and what made me able to start it, but also what keeps me going uh, to do it. You know, I, one of the things that I kind of like, but kind of drives me crazy is when people say, I don't know how you do it. And I haven't given myself any other choice. You mm -hmm. know, this is how I provide for my family. And, and this is my job. You know, it's the same thing with someone else going to a nine to five or something like that. Like, this is my job. That's how I do it. Right. And because nobody else is going to come up behind me and finish it. It's right. me. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely been a journey. It's, it's challenging, very challenging. You know, you're, I not only like learned a new skill with, which is like carpentry, but I learned how to own a business. So it's, it's two things at the same time. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely some lows, the lows of the lows. Um, but the highs are also that awesome too. Yeah. So that's a little bit about me. Awesome. I have to ask why riveted woodworking? So when I started this business, so my background, I actually went to, to school for fashion design. So I started sewing like at 13 years old, worked for a seamstress, like my whole background was sewing and fashion. Um, and quickly kind of realized that I didn't want a career in the fashion industry. It was just not my thing. I was more into the actual making of the garments, um, you know, the, the creative process of it. Um, and so when I started... I was trying to think of names, which is not my strong point. And someone helped me come up with the finished thread, which I thought was cool. Like it mixed in fabric and wood. But as I grew and I really found my thing, which was the building, it didn't make sense anymore. And people would be like, well, I don't understand what you do. <laughs> um, and so I have crazy curly hair and I would always wear a bandana in my hair, very similar to Rosie the Riveter. And I have an awesome friend who um, came up with my logo and everything. And we've just, we were going back and forth. And like one day she just like had an epiphany. She was like, oh my goodness, like riveted. Like, you know, it's just like so cool in, in just riveted itself. Um, but what it can stand for. And I'm, I'm super passionate about small business, but women owned businesses. Um, and, and my whole like, I don't like to say shtick, but like my whole thing is like, you are capable, like, you know, whether, whether it's just literally using a hammer to hang up a picture or 
you know, if you want to build something, you are capable. That's how I was raised. You know, my mom never let me hand off things to my brother. Like if it snowed, I was shoveling too, because I'm (laughs) capable, just as capable as he is. So what started as an annoying saying became something that I kind of live by. And so riveted just totally clicked and, and you'll every day, if I'm working, I have a bandana in my hair because out of necessity, but now it's just my thing. Um, and I just love what it stands for and, and what people, what women um, are capable of doing. Awesome. I love that story. Um, and I had to ask just because it's like riveted could mean a whole bunch of different things, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's riveted, like metal working. I mean, that's what Rosie the Riveter was doing, right? right. Was riveting um, sheet metal. Or there's like the tiny super frustrating rivets I was trying to do last night in my in my leather working right um, and not having it turn out as well as I'd like um so had to ask yeah um all right so let's talk a little bit about you know where'd you where did you grow up and like what you talked about uh starting sewing at 13 but what else were you interested in Yeah, so my dad has owned his own business. He's retired now, but my dad was a mechanic. So um, I've always been around small business and and working hard and just seeing that work ethic, Um, but also getting dirty and, you know, just like that part, you know, of of what I was surrounded by. You know, there was never really any exceptions made you know, because I was a girl or anything like that. So, so yeah, that's what I watched. Um, and just my, 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 both my parents are super, super supportive about it. Um, I think my dad has his own ways of being supportive, but he start, you know, just by buying me tools, you know, showing me different things. And, and it's funny now. Um, and I love it. You know, he comes to use my tools at my shop and will question the way I do things or like how a tool works. And I'm like, dad, I, I think I got it now. You know, like, I think I know, not that I know everything because people right. are always learning, but you know, sometimes there's just these comments where you're like, I, I got this. Um, and my mom is super supportive. I mean, they live four hours away, but she'll come and she's like, I can't build anything, but I can sweep the shop and I can organize the paint and stuff like that. So it's really awesome. Um, and yeah, so I started sewing and I was fortunate that I went to get help from a seamstress and she was like, you made this. And so she offered me a job and I started every Saturday in high school, just mending holes in jeans. Um, you know, not what any other high schooler probably <laughs> wanted to do, but I thought I was lucky to get to learn from people. And I think that right there just kind of started this journey of appreciating hard work, appreciating a craft. Um, and you know, like kind of the trades in general Mm -hmm. is that's what was around me. And I still went to college, which was a great experience, but I think this whole thing and how I kind of like went back to it in the end has just opened my eyes to like the future of, of kids and and how you look at college. And, And my daughter actually asked me the other day and I was like, you can go to college. You can go to trade school, you can start a business. Like there's a lot of options. And I think that's super important that people know that because Mm -hmm. when I was in high school, it was like, you're going to college or you're kind of a failure, you know? Um, And even trade school, like I wish I had been given the opportunity to look into trade school more. Um, But even within that, as a woman or as a girl going to trade school, it was like, you're going to do cooking or cosmetology. 
like mm -hmm. wood shop or HVAC or any of those were not even a, a, a thought. So I just, I just am super passionate about that. And I, I just want people to know, like, there are so many options out there. Um, and, and we talk about it all the time. You know, my daughter questions me. She'll be like, what if I want to be a vet? I'm like, well, then you have to go to college. Like, what if I want to be a hairdresser? I'm like, we have to go to school, but you don't have to go to college. It's different. So I just think it's so good to just have kids aware of, of what's out there instead of like this super tunnel vision of what has to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's how I was raised too. I got to see it all. And, and I think, like I said, the most important part of that was just hard work and what, what it is to put in a, you know, a, a hard day's work and what that means and, and seeing customer service, um, is huge and not just in like a retail position, but in a small business, what does that mean to, to keep your customer base? So all of those, I think just kind of all led to this type of what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> yeah, with your father owning his own small business, um, I mean, that's kind of like a unique, well, not necessarily unique, but it is a, an exposure, right, to right. somebody owning their own business and working for themselves. What did, I'm just curious, what was his reaction about you starting your own business? So my dad's funny. Um he makes comments sometimes and he means it in like a, I feel you, like I understand. But if I like, you know, kind of be venting about something, he'll be like, not so easy owning a small business, <laughs> is it? And, like, and my mom's like, what he means is <laughs> he understands, you know, the hardship and, you know, what it means. And when the issues come up it, that it, and ultimately whether, and I don't really have employees yet, but you know, whether it's an employee's fault or yours, ultimately it's your business, it's your name, it's your reputation. So, um, you know, I got to see that and I actually worked for him for a couple summers, uh, before college, you know, I was just in, um, in the office doing stuff, but, you know, seeing how he interacts with customers and just the reputation he built, um, you know, it's pretty impressive because we know, and I don't take it for granted now, like we know how many choices people have, you know, mm -hmm. they have so many contractors, they can work with so many electricians, this and that. And I think the small things add up. Um, I focus a lot on my systems and they're not always perfect. I'm one human, I miss emails, you know, stuff like that. But I think it's really important to put your best foot forward, you know, as best you can. And so those systems are important to me. And, and I think it sets me apart too. I know a lot of people are coming into the 21st century, but you know, some people are, are, are not used to my systems. Like all, almost all my stuff's online. You know, I don't, I don't do like a normal con sometimes contractors, you just call them and they'll be like, yeah, I'll come over on Tuesday. And that's just not what I'm doing. I'm trying to be more efficient. Mm -hmm. So I get a lot of information from them up front and then I send an estimate. And then if they do want to move forward, then they can book a consultation. Um, but I'm trying to set that precedent from the beginning that like, this is an investment you're looking at making. And it's important to me that this process goes smoothly, not just for you, but for me so that I can, you know, dot my I's and cross my T's and make sure that you're happy. And I will say that one of the best feedbacks that I get is that they love the process. They thought it was organized and they were impressed with the fact that it's different than what they're mm -hmm. used to. Um, and I think that's important too, because I am different. You know, I am not, I wasn't raised 
you know, I, I didn't do an internship. I didn't do an apprenticeship. I didn't do any of that. So I'm, everything's from scratch here. So sometimes that's a con, you know, mm -hmm. I'm literally starting from scratch. I have to teach myself or learn it, but I also think it gives me a fresh view, um, on the situation and on my approach. And so it, it seems to be setting me apart in some cases and sure, not everyone is going to a want a woman builder and you know, that's a whole other issue, but, and then some people just want it the way it's been done where mm -hmm. they call and you show up and that's fine. They're not my customers. Um, I've been very fortunate with my customer base. They're just, I say it a lot. They're just my people. Like we tend to like the same shows and, and, and like the same things. And it just, it's, it's clear that I've shown mostly on social media that this is who I am. And so if you hire me, like I'm coming to your house, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and this is, I'm human, you know, I make mistakes. I'm, you know, I joke around, I'm going to talk to you, find out what you really want. You know, do you want a built in to look pretty or do you want it because you want to hide all your kids toys, which I totally get, <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's like, I'm going to really talk to you and I'm going to understand it because I, I don't forget that I'm also a human and I also, you know, live in a home and, and know how things need to function and stuff like that. So I just try to bring a lot of humility to it. And I think that makes a difference. Hey friends, I wanted to tell you about an awesome brand I discovered that you might love as well. Have you ever spent a ton of money on clothing that was supposed to be high performance only for it to end up at the back of your closet because it just doesn't fit right? I personally hate when this happens. I get excited about a new pair of work boots and then I'm disappointed to find out they just weren't designed for me. Discovering Athena Outfitters was a game changer for me. Athena Outfitters is a quality workwear brand for hardworking women. All of their items are handpicked to meet the needs of women in the trades, not just sized down versions of items designed for men. They've got great workwear essentials like comfortable, soft, and safety toe boots and options for my active lifestyle when I'm off the clock as well. Shopping with Athena Outfitters saves me time and energy because I always know I'm getting a high quality product that also looks and feels great. Next time you're looking for gear with grit, check out AthenaOutfitters.com. That is a-T-H-E-N-A-Outfitters.com and use special code at checkout MM15 to get a 15% discount because you listen to the Maker Mom podcast. Yeah, um, I, I want to touch on the processes you were talking about. Did you set them up that way from the start or was there like some learning lessons behind oh my gosh how so many it got lessons. started <laughs> hard hard lessons um I'm not the most organized person I will be the first to admit it my husband will be the second one to admit <laughs> that um and so I knew I needed to do something to help with that um, and it took me a while, but I got so tired of like chasing Instagram messages and DMS and trying to figure out what did I promise them? What color did they ultimately want? You know, like it's just too much. And then as you get busier and as the dollar amount goes up, people expect a different level of service, which I would too. Um, and so actually last year, um, I took the big step and I hired a virtual assistant who has like changed my business. It's, it's a scary and I totally understand how scary it is when you're investing money in something, but 
it's true when people say like a good help or a good virtual assistant like pays you back because she has just made my intake system like incredible and it's a it's a process so we're always working on it but um i mean she can go in like she knows everything about it and if i have an issue i mean she'll be like oh why don't we just do this you know we try things and if they're not working we give feedback it's just been amazing um so my intake system is people fill out a form and it asks them a bunch of questions that I need. And then it sends them an email with a Google folder and they're supposed to load their pictures and they're supposed to load mm. their Pinterest uh, inspiration and all that kind of stuff. And then I take all that information and I can estimate what the project's gonna be. And then we go from there, but um, it's amazing. And then even from there, like everything is dominoes af after that. Um, and my hardest part is letting the system do its job because you kind of just, you either don't expect it to, or you're not used to it. So I'm constantly messing things up and I have to call her and be like, hi, me again. <laughs> um, so that's a learning process, but I, it's amazing when you, you know, whether it's outsourcing or whether it's just taking the time to set these systems up in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And that's been one of my big things. Um, I'll talk to anyone until I'm blue in the face about small business and like what it's like starting your own business. But I have a list about, and I even wrote a blog post about the things I wish I did in the beginning, mm -hmm. you know, the things I wish I had known to do, or someone had told me to do first, you know, I'm, I'm more of a fly by the seat of my pants person. Like I don't, I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have all that. I was just like, let's do it. Let's go. But, you know, I could have done a few more things to, as I was in the beginning to, to set things up right. Um, and so I, I, I can't recommend it enough, like looking into yeah. those things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally get that. I, I sometimes wonder, um, uh, this is totally, you know, me in my own head at times, but I, I am the same way. I fly by the sea in my pants. And some of that is, I feel like that's me trying to get past the fear of starting. Like, yeah. If I go, well, first I need to do the business plan and then I need to do this step and then I need to do this step. Like I'm procrastinating those exactly. steps because yep. I'm just like terrified that if I put it on paper and then I don't meet those expectations, right. then I'm a failure. But if I just like go for it right, <laughs> and I yep. didn't set any expectations, then how can I fail? Because there's right. no expectation. I right. do the same thing. I mean, even with projects, like if I have one part of a built-in that I'm like, that looks like it's going to be tricky and I designed it, but that still <laughs> looks like it's going to be tricky. And you tend to avoid things because you're afraid you're going to mess them up. And one of two things happens. You do it and you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Or you do mess it up and you fix it. Like, mm -hmm. and I, so it's almost like you kind of then beat yourself up. You're like, why do I do this to myself every time? Because I fix, I either make it better or like, it's fine. So mm -hmm. yeah, I do that too. And I think what a lot of that too, for me anyways, comes down to imposter syndrome, which like, man, I didn't know the name of that when I started my business, but if that isn't the realest thing that I struggle with, because you just, no matter what level you are, you feel like, you know, I shouldn't be here for some mm -hmm. reason or another. No. Mm -hmm. Um, in the beginning, it was like going to Home Depot and shopping for wood and shopping for tools where you're like afraid because you don't know the right words to ask for things and stuff like that. So then you feel like you're not good enough. Um, 
and especially being a woman, you know, going to certain tool shops and things like that. And you're looked at like you have five heads when you walk in. Um, so there's definitely like an atmosphere thing there too, where you already feel like that. And then you're starting. Um, so I think if you can power through that, you'll be amazed at like where you can go with all of this. Um, which is the other reason why I love talking about it with people. Like, I'm so happy to share what I've learned, you know, and I think it goes, there's so many people out there, which I think is great with like DIY and teaching how to use Mm -hmm. tools and stuff like that. But I think what is missing is like the part that creates some, a lot of anxiety for some people, which is like the basics. Like some people are like, what is a two by four? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) what does that mean? You know, what is, what does a uh, six quarter board mean versus four quarter, you know, like these, these, no one knows that. And why would you know that? But when you're going into a lumber yard or when you're going somewhere, they expect that if you're stepping foot yeah. on there, you know, everything, you know, or that's their test to be like how they're going to talk to you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which now my favorite thing is shocking people, you know, mm-hmm. and being like knowing exactly what I want and what I need and where it is. And I'll get it myself, actually. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. Um, but I think if people can get past those things with help or just by saying like, I deserve space here, you know, if I'm just starting, I'm just starting. And, and that's something to remember. And so, you know, it grows, the imposter syndrome grows, you know, like as I'm doing bigger projects, sometimes someone will pay an invoice and I'm like, how is this my life? Like, I can't believe, and I joke, like, obviously that I've like tricked people into paying me money, but it's not a trick. Like I've worked really, really, really freaking hard to get here, you know? And so, but you have to remind yourself of that because it's so easy to be like, you know, you mess up one thing and you're like, nope, I don't deserve it, you know? And so that's why I've tried like, especially on social media with Instagram, it's so awesome, the building community, but I've really tried to surround my people with myself with just real people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love when people are honest and they'll just say like, Hey, I messed up. And for me, you know, as someone who's only been in the business for five years and is like almost completely self-taught to watch someone who's been a carpenter for 30 years, be like, whoops, I messed up. And it's like, okay, it's not just me. Everybody does it no matter the experience. And sure, you know, he may not mess up as often as I do, or, you know, their way of fixing it might be better. But I have to say like failing is how I've learned a lot of things and I've learned how to do things. And, and I don't, necessarily like following people who have like a right way to do it and a wrong way like sure there are ways that are stronger you know joinery and 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 different things like that but I love looking at it from different angles and 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 especially with built-ins because built-ins are like a whole different animal it's never going to be the same you know Mm -hmm. like you have one crooked floor you know and and it changes everything so there is no one size fits all and there's no one solution to every problem, but to just surround yourself with, oh, hey, I had that problem and here's what I did and you try it and it might not work, but maybe it gives you an idea for something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's really important. So that's, that's, I try to be really supportive, but I also try to like be careful about, you know, the, the people in the community that I follow and, and that I surround <laughs> myself with. Yeah. Um. I have like a bunch of questions in my head trying to figure out which order to go in. I think the first one I want to ask about is the pricing. 
Um, <clears throat> My biggest kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I think, um, like something you said about like the, you know, that invoice comes in um, and, and it's still something you know, like last night I sent out an email with like what I was like requesting and I'm like, <laughs> I had to stop yeah, myself I know, from, I like, still do it. from like cutting it in half or yep. like in third. Um, so how, I mean, I'm assuming when you started that you probably underpriced yourself. 100%. <laughs> so truthfully, I only really started paying myself last year. Like it, it, and it, it took a long time to get to that point, um, to find out how, and, you know, part of it's a business thing, like mm -hmm. figuring out pricing the, again, the correct way. Cause I think there's other ways to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a value thing. It's an actual like materials cost X. There's no mm -hmm. way around that, you know, um, it's definitely a customer based thing, um, like I was saying before, you know, if you have someone who follows all those DIY people who I think are great, mm -hmm. um, but they expect something different because they see how easy it is, you know, like right. there's always like, oh, I built these built-ins for $400. It's like, okay, what are the materials? What paint did they use? What drawer slides did they use? Well, um, and they're not paying themselves time. They're not paying themselves. <laughs> you know, I have rent to pay. I right. have bills to pay. I have tools. Do they have the same tools as me? Like if you really got close, what do the doors look like? You know, and I'm not bashing it because I have done stuff my, in my own house, you know, like mm -hmm. prior more, I would call like DIY, but so it's making sure that the customers who are reaching out to you and the ones that are actually becoming your customers are because they appreciate the value and it, and they appreciate what you're doing and the pieces that I'm putting in their home, it is an investment. And I say mm -hmm. that up front. I mean, we are talking about something that I am adding to a room. Like they are pretty much supposed to be there forever. Right. Um, <laughs> so I think there's that there's, there's a little bit of showing that, you know, I explain that in, in most of the language on my website and in my contract and stuff like that, you know, what materials am I using? Um, making sure they understand that I know the materials that I'm using and the difference, things like that. But pricing is just hard. It's hard because you're trying to value your time and your work. You're, you're trying to learn the best materials, how much material something's going to take. Um, I am just now like nailing down. Okay. You know, and I, and I'm just now learning the programs to mm -hmm. know exactly how much something's going to take. And it's understanding that, you know, X amount is going to be waste and this and that. So it's real hard. It's, it's not easy. I still have anxiety sending out quotes, but I will tell you that the one thing that I always come back to is I always think of one of the projects where I worked way too long on it. I did not charge enough. I was like ready to cry because something wasn't working. And I always bring myself back to that feeling and knowing that like, this is the right amount. Mm -hmm. You know, like the, it, it, it's probably even too little to be honest, you know, when you come down yeah. and look at that. So I always kind of try to bring up those memories for myself to remember that. But the other thing I remind myself is it's a skill. I'm not, I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm sure you've seen something circulating around. That's like, you know, it may only take me an hour, but it took me 20 hours to learn it. 
right. You know, that type of idea. So I'm trying to remember, remind myself that it's a skill, it's a trade. Um, I've spent a lot of time and money and effort to get here. Mm -hmm. And so you have to remember that too, but also like, there's a reason why I'm not working for someone else. There's a Mm -hmm. reason why I'm not working an hourly job, you know? And so if I'm totaling it out and my pay is, you know, a part-time ice cream scoopers pay, it just, it shouldn't be the same thing. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I, and I'm not down, you know, looking down on any position, but you just have to think about, you know, what it is. And we're talking about a skilled trade here. Um, and again, I guarantee you I'm too low. Like if you took someone who's been doing built-ins for 30 years, they would probably laugh at my prices. Um, But I think experience is something to consider. I think my whole um, outlook is like the value of it. So I, yes, I'm looking to make a living. I I put a lot of hard work into what I do, um, but I'm not looking to scam anyone. I am not looking to like, you know, just be the highest and say, you know, oh, hopefully they just say yes. You know, I, I wish I could explain to people how much mental, um, like effort I put into these. And they, like you said, like you like, or like, do I hit send? (laughs) No, maybe I'll just add a discount. Right. (laughs) And then if you do add a discount, you always kick yourself later because you're like, this takes way longer than I estimated and and Mm -hmm. everything. So all of that to say, like, I still struggle with it. It's very hard, but, and there's a lot of factors. There's no like easy formula, but keeping that in mind, like it's a skill and, and Mm -hmm. that's what people are coming to you for. And it's a service. And for me, I think what some people struggle with is I'm building these pieces. So like I'm building these cabinets, but half the work is coming to their house. Right. And then, I mean, I had to load a truck by myself a couple of weeks ago with four eight foot cabinets. I like couldn't move for like a week and a half. <laughs> and so like, there's that there's right. getting them into their home. There's getting them perfect and level and trim. Like I want them to look perfect. When I leave there, I agonize over if I, you know, any little paint spot, anything like I am a crazy person about it. And so that's what you're paying me for too. You know, you're not buying a piece from Ikea and putting it together and, you know, that's it. It's my time and effort for half of it, you know? So I I think it's education, you know, when you're teaching people what they're getting. And, um, so I'm working on that, you know, trying to just educate, you know, what is it that you're getting? Cause I, I think what's hard too, and maybe you can relate to this when we're on Instagram and we're surrounded by woodworkers and builders, you just then start to like, assume everyone knows, you know, these things mm-hmm. like, you're like, Oh, that's maple. And this is plywood. And some people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. You know, like, what are you using? I have no idea. What's the difference between MDF and maple plywood. What's the difference between solid maple and plywood. So, um, I think it's just an education thing and not that they need to know everything, but they need to know that, you know, what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, so yeah, it's tricky, but I am, I'm getting better. And I think a way to show that is like, I'm actually, supporting my family, you know, like I'm actually get going from a point of struggling to like, okay, okay. I'm, you know, like I'm getting there, right. getting there, um, which is huge, but you know, no one really talks about that, that middle part, you know, um, it always looks like either overnight, like you just like, Ooh, or success, but no one talks about like 
the tough part, the like, I don't know if this check is going to bounce to buy glue or, you know, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. To now I'm like, I bought, you know, extra of something and you feel like you're hit it rich. Um, so it's, it's tricky and it takes a while. And I will say that that's one of the things that I wish I had done more research in. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that book, Profit First, mm-hmm. um, but I'm a big, big fan of it. Um, just, and not even necessarily that system, but just the idea of like, how do I do this? Like, how do I structure when someone pays me? Because it used to just be, it all goes in one account. And then I don't know where it would go. And then I'd go to buy materials for someone's project. And I'm like, huh. (laughs) So, you know, just that I have five bank accounts, like (laughs) money goes for their supplies, money goes for expenses, tax, like it's all separate. You can't touch one from the other. Um, But that's the way it works for me. And I think it's important, you know, if you're, if you're going to be charging people what I'm charging people to know that it's, it's there and it's organized and, (laughs) and I'm going to get them the best and, and make it the way it should be. Hi makers. Today's episode is brought to you by toolmomstore.com. Toolmom and company is for all ages, genders. They have what you need for your one-stop tool-related merchandise of gifts and clothing. Uh, the products are fun, fashionable, one-of-a-kind. In fact, I have two of the mugs. Uh, one has a circular saw with flames coming off of it. It says, go girl. Another one has the definition of a tool chick. Both of them are super awesome, and I have coffee out of them almost every morning. So check out toolmomstore.com or find them on Instagram at toolmombonnie. You can receive an extra 20% off at a checkout by using the code MAKERMOM. Yeah, um, do, do you mind getting a no now versus a no when you started? Yeah. So there's that time frame where that mentality you have is like, I'd rather get a yes for 300 than a no at 500. When the truth is you're still doing the same amount of work. So you're just getting paid less money. <laughs> right. right. Like, um, so I don't, I don't because I know that and it's hard. It's scary getting the no sometimes, especially when you're in like a low or something like that. But every time that I've got the no and just let it, you know, go like one of two things happen, like another job will come. And you're like, this is why I said, this is why I stuck to my guns. Um, because you have the next person who says yes. Um, or someone might do their research and realize the value and come back. You know, they might understand that, you know, they got a quote from me and then they got a quote from five other people and they might compare or they might even just compare experiences might be Mm -hmm. the same quote, but they might like the way that I communicated or something like that. So honestly, the no's don't bother me anymore. You know, I, the only times I'll get like bummed if I get excited about a project, like, Ooh, I haven't done a room like that before. That would be exciting. 
but it's only exciting if they also have the resources to do it right. You know, when we start cutting corners, it's just, no one's ever happy. So I, I try to be real honest with that. Like I will, you know, if I send them a quote and I say, you know, here is what we could change to change the price. But at a certain point, like you just have cabinets with nothing in them or something like that, you know, like I, and I won't do that because then they're just going to be mad at my work. Right. So yeah, I, I, I actually just realized that the other day I'm like, yeah, the nose don't bother me anymore because it just means there's someone else or, um, or it's just not the right, you know, customer or the right time. Sometimes they come back around. So, um, yeah. And, and you just have to remind yourself like any time that you agree to a lower price, I can tell you 100% I've regretted it for one reason or another. I, I would agree. The problem is, is that like you talked about those years in between, right? So like, how do you get past that? How do yeah. you get past the like, well, I need something coming right. in. <laughs> um, I mean, I do believe you need to put in your dues. I do believe you need to get the experience. And I had that and I did that. Um, and I learned a lot, but at a certain point, like, so I, I went from doing hand-painted signs and then I did scroll saw signs for a long time. And I loved that when I did it, but <clears throat> kind of life changed a little bit. And, and I was like, I am putting so much time and effort into this, but I'm not getting the return. Um, and then I like happily kind of, someone asked me to do a built-in and it just kind of created this whole thing. And then I realized there are a lot of people who aren't doing this because most contractors only want big jobs mm -hmm. and some carpenters are like, absolutely not zero interest. Don't want to do it. So there's definitely a need for, for built-ins. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, I definitely did the work. I definitely kind of put my time in and, and did it for not a lot of money, mm -hmm. um, and built my portfolio and, and it's always going to keep growing and I'm always going to keep learning and you change it. But I will say like at a certain point, it kind of was like when push came to shove, right. Where you're like, okay, I actually need money. Like I need to support <laughs> myself and my family. And so I have to make it what it's going to be. And I think too, it changes your mindset when you finally find the customers who understand that. Cause then you're like, okay, if this person said yes, there are more of them out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a scary leap, but it, it sometimes switches to like, I finally went from, oh my goodness, to like everybody saying yes. And then it was like, whoa, now what am I going to do? <laughs> like, I still have to make all this stuff, you know? Right. So, and I'm still struggling with that. I still struggle with the balance. I, you know, every day I'm like, do I hire someone? Do I need to hire someone? Do I just need to, to manage my time better? Like, you know, so I'm in that great problem to have stage mm -hmm. where you're like growing, but you have to do it carefully, you know? Right. Um, so at every stage, there's going to be a new set of problems. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, but I think it's a good problem to have. Sorry. I've got kitten walking across. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I guess too, the, about the like, Getting from the, you know, underpaying to like kind of right price range and getting the the no to the yeses. Like, how do you find the yeses? So 
50%, uh, roughly 50% of my business is word of mouth and 50% is social media. Um, and I think the social media part of it, I kind of already touched upon, but I think it's just about showing who I am, what they're getting, um, you know, what I stand for, you know, what I'm all about. And then the word of mouth is obviously just awesome because it's just the awesome customers telling their friends and family, um, which I think there's like no bigger compliment Mm -hmm. than, than, or a repeat customer. I mean, I, for a long time, definitely followed the method, the like 80, 20, where like 80% of my revenue came from 20% of my customers because they just kept Mm -hmm. coming back. Um, And it took a while, but I will say that they both, they're both important for me. Um, And the social media part was harder. Um, When I started this, I was kind of a little bit like all over the place. Like I did signs, but I kind of like to build furniture and a little bit of that. I think that's where people get confused. Like if you, you can use your social media for whatever it is. And I think part of it is like the community and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of building your, your tribe, your people and stuff like that. But I think the other part is, is showing what you do. And so I feel like if you can look at someone's page, if you're selling something, if you're a business and people are like, what, like, if they don't get it in those like nine squares, I don't think you're doing yourself any favors. Um, once I started really like getting into the niche and just showing what I do, I mean, my followers like just started growing because they saw it, they liked it. And that's what they followed me for. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that can be hard when, with, you know, there's so many different, you see like influencers and you see, um, you know, interior design people. And so you like want to show certain things and you want to kind of show everything, but I'm not there yet. And I know I'm not there yet. You know, like if I went on my stories today and started talking about getting my hair done, people would be like, wait, what? Like (laughs) (laughs) I'm confused and like, sure we're human. So someone might reach out and say like, Hey, I like your shirt. And you know, that's Mm -hmm. cool too. But I think it's hard to remember that when you're a business on Instagram, what are you there for? And, and mine is primarily, you know, to make money. Mm -hmm. So I need to show that. So it took a while. And there's definitely that scary part of social media where, um, you're trying to build that and you're like, you feel like you're talking to no one. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, like people are get it. People are now engaging. They're asking questions. They're tagging people on my posts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then it finally starts to make sense. But I also like, obviously everyone wants to be like, oh, I've got 10 more followers and stuff like that. But I would say that my followers are definitely more like quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I hope it stays that way because I think the people who are following me want to be following me. You know, in the beginning, I started doing those like follow trains and like all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I quickly was like, this is so not me. This is just not what I'm about. It's not what I'm here for. You know, I, I either want people who, because they think building is cool and they think what they want to learn, which I get a ton of, or they're genuinely interested in what I'm doing and maybe someday adding it to their own home. So I, I try to remember that when it comes to like followers and stuff like that, because like I have, um, a lot less followers on Facebook, but I probably get more dollars out of Facebook than I do Instagram. So you just have to remember your audience too. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting, but, and I, I don't think there's like an easy fit. You know what I mean? Like you want it to be easy. You want to say like, oh yeah, I did an ad on Facebook and I got 10 customers ads never worked for me. 
ever really. So I don't even bother. I don't waste my money anymore. I, you know, every so often I'll say, you know, if you share me, you know, maybe you can get a t-shirt or something like that. But honestly, it's just about like people genuinely liking my work and sharing it, telling their friends, stuff like that. And I, and I think the customers you get are better for that. I'm very fortunate that I haven't really had any problem customers. Um, but I think when you, when you kind of go in too many different directions and you seem a little salesy and stuff like that, I think that's Mm -hmm. when it starts to happen. I try to build like pretty realistic expectations about, you know, what, what it is, what this is and what I do. And so I think people know that coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned about briefly about, um, putting something up on your blog. So is content something you also create? Um, do I want to be a content creator? No. (laughs) Um, so we talked about like, uh, organization, like the thought of like recording videos and doing all that overwhelms me beyond belief. And I give all the people who do it so much credit because making a reel stresses me out. (laughs) I'm like, Oh my God, does the music match up? And you know, all that stuff. So I don't intend to be a content creator. I do, however, know that a lot of my audience is asking, like, do you offer lessons? Do you do that? And, you know, there's that imposter syndrome that comes back up where you're like, why would anyone want to learn from me? There's this person who has a blog. Mm-hmm. There's this person who's awesome and has a million followers and stuff like that. And I think what it comes down to is like, I've, I've gained their trust. You know, they like my style. They like, you know, kind of what I put out there. And so I finally accepted that part of it where, mm-hmm. you know, someone might want to actually learn from me. And so I do think eventually I'm going to do lessons, whether they're in person or virtually or something like that. But I think it's going to be more about the interaction, you know, than the like making a bunch of videos for YouTube. And because I think that's awesome that people can do that. I do not. I just, I'm not there yet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it, I think I make it bigger in my head than it, it, you know, than it is, but the reality is that I'm so focused on these big client projects Mm -hmm. that I'll be like, Oh, I should have videotaped how I did that. And, and then I'm like, forget, you know, it's already done and it's a customer's project. So I can't just like start over. Right. You know, I feel like in a lot of the content creation side, people forget that like, you know, they're using scraps and they're just like creating from, from what they have, which again, I've learned so much from people, you know, I love watching Mm -hmm. different things, but I just don't think that's, that's what I'm going to do right now. Um, so I, the, my main reason for my blog is going to be more about my customer, you know, like why a built-in, what can a built-in do? How does it add value to your home? Um, what is it made out of? How do I make it? You know, I think it's going to be more towards more of like a, a consumer knowledge and education mm-hmm. than, you know, other woodworkers or builders. Um, and who knows? I mean, this whole thing has been an evolution. So you just never know. I do have this dream. You know, my, my dream is to someday have like an all women run shop and I would love to have apprentices and stuff like that. And, because I used to be called the finished thread, I want to call it like a finishing school, kind of like a play on, mm-hmm. you know, for women. So that's like a, a down the road thing where, you know, I've built my business and whether it runs not on its own, but, you know, with more people and mm-hmm. it's a well-oiled machine and stuff like that, I would love to be teaching people. Um, and even if it's not something they want to do for a career, just 
just giving someone the power to know, like, <clears throat> I mean, even like hanging pictures. I have people who are like, I've never even hung a picture myself. And, um, and I guess for me, I've just always been a, like, I, I don't want to wait for you. Like this is how yeah, I started. Yeah. I'd have to ask my husband to cut stuff for my signs. And I was like, forget this. I'm tired of waiting for you. And that's how I started using power tools. And so I, even if I can just show someone how to, you know, use a nail gun without being scared or, Mm -hmm. you know, what is a miter saw? Like, what are you talking about? You know, those little things I, that, that to me is huge, just empowering Mm -hmm. people to, to try to be able to do something for themselves. So that's kind of my, my thought process right now, but I'm always open because you just never know, you know, who you're going to meet and network with and, and what Mm -hmm. will come up. But right now I'm just going to focus on, on more of like the customers who want to learn the customers who, you know, maybe they bought a sign from me, well, you know, a while ago. And so they still follow me, but you know, they're not in the position to get it built in, but they're like, oh my gosh, will you show me how to, you know, do an accent wall or something like that? Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'd love that. So that that's kind of my thought process right now. Okay. And, and that makes sense. And I will say like, content creation is not for everybody, right? Absolutely. It is okay not to want to do that. Right. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm paying attention to the time. So I want to ask one more question and then we'll kind of exit out. But my question is, have you ever had any thoughts around um, coaching others on business? Yeah, I, it's actually like something I've thought about for a long time. Um, and again, you like flip back and forth, like, do I have the credentials to do this? And, um, I surround myself with a lot of different podcasts and things like that. And, and one of the, the kind of familiar or like common things you hear is like, you just have to be one step ahead to like help somebody behind you kind of, Mm -hmm. um, and I do think that I have, you know, quite a bit of knowledge. And again, I'm only five years in. So um, I'm sure the pandemic makes it seem like I've been 10 years in, but um, I do think I have the ability to help. And right now I've just been kind of doing that kind of like free advice, like reach out, please. If you ever have a question, I always want people to feel like, you know, I'm going to answer their questions and things like that. Um <clears throat> And I'm sure you can relate to this, but like part of it is just to make, like, if you can help one person avoid one ounce of like the pain you went through, right? right? Like one low moment where you were like, that's it, I quit. If you can help someone avoid that, that right there would like make it Mm -hmm. all good. You know, it's like, have you ever written an Instagram post and like, you know, you kind of put yourself out there and then like one person comments, like I needed this and you're like, that's it. That's mm-hmm. the person I wrote it for out of all 4,000 of you or whatever it right. is. Right. Um, that's why. So it's definitely another thing that's like on my mind. Um, for me, again, it's about like the systems. Like I'm like overwhelmed with like, oh my gosh, how would I do that? And, you know, do I have to have this whole thing already planned out? Which the answer is no, because I didn't have my business planned out and we're doing okay here. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of think like a little bit of that will happen organically, but um, it's definitely something on my mind um, and, and I'm happy to because people still share with me. You know, I still reach out to people that I follow on Instagram who I admire their work and they've been doing it a little bit longer and I appreciate when they answer me. And so I'm always going to like pay it forward and answer yeah. anyone's question. And yeah, eventually you have to get to a point where you're like, okay, 
this is now an actual service I'm providing. And, and that's mm-hmm. a different, you know, discussion. But I think right now, just, just answering little questions, you know, what paint sprayer do you use? You know, what, how do you do this? How do you, how, what is the system that you use? Mm-hmm. You know, those types of things. Happy to talk about it. Yep. Awesome. Well, Althea, I want to give you a chance to let people know how to find you uh, and follow along with you. Awesome. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook. It's just Riveted Woodworking. Um, my website is also rivetedwoodworking.com. Um, and yeah, that's where you'll find me. As my mom says, I don't have enough of my website because she's not on social media. So she doesn't <laughs> see all the things I post. Um, yeah, that's that's where I live. I probably live there a little too much. But um, as my daughter says, you're always on your phone. <laughs> yeah, my kids say that on occasion too. Uh, or my kid, my favorite thing, like my, my oldest says is, why do you limit my screen time, but you're always on your phone? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, fair, I'm working. Fair point. <laughs> yeah. I, I always, and, I, and she is definitely right, but I'm always like, you know, someone has to buy groceries in this house. So, <laughs> th- and I just say, that's why I'm on Instagram. <laughs> But um, I, you know, they see that, but they also see the other stuff too, yeah. you know, the hard work and stuff like that. And and it's amazing. Some of the stuff that, that they, that she, mostly my daughter, she's a little older, but that she says, and you're like, Whoa, you're paying attention. Like, yeah, I, I think, <clears throat> yeah, my, it's the same. I have my oldest is my son. And then I have a daughter is my youngest and she just turned five. And within the last three weeks, she has pointed out twice you do a lot, mom. <laughs> right? Like, Thank you. Somebody, yeah, somebody sees it. <laughs> yes. I know. I know. It's so amazing. Like, and my daughter's like really like she got a tool bag for Christmas. And like, I think she was more excited about that than anything else, which just like makes you want to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she loves coming to the shop with me. She she's just all about it. And so you just see it. You see what Cause like we, we've talked about the imposter syndrome and like, yeah. you don't see it in yourself, but then when you see it through them, you're like, okay, I can do this. Right. <laughs> Keep going. That's right. Well, so. thanks for chatting with me today. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So again, that was Althea of Riveted Woodworking and you can find the links on how to follow along with her in today's show notes. Find that in the description of the episode on whatever podcast app you are listening on or down below in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, If you like today's episode and other episodes, please make sure to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Hit subscribe on your podcast app or on YouTube to get notifications when new episodes are up. And please share with a friend that you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, that helps us find more viewers slash listeners uh, and introduce more people to all these amazing makers that I chat with every week. You can head on over to Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com forward slash Wonder Women Pod. So I did get the name changed over finally on Patreon. So that is Wonder Women Pod pod uh, and it's women with an en not an an and you can join the tribe over there uh, check out all the different tier levels and merch and 
all that good jazz. Uh, happy to have you and know that as a patron, you really do help to keep the podcast going, paying for things like Zoom subscriptions and uh, RSS feed platforms and all of that good stuff. So it is definitely much appreciated and keeps the podcast afloat, if you will. Uh, follow us along, follow along with us on Instagram at Wonder Women Pod. And again, that's an E-N, not an A-N. So check out over there. Got some fun and exciting things going on, working on coming up with a new logo for the podcast, um, all that good stuff. So since it's still fairly new since changing from Maker Mom Podcast over to Wonder Women Podcast. Now, when I am not interviewing amazing makers and making podcast episodes, you can find me designing and making furniture and other home decor over at freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings across pretty much all of the social media platforms like YouTube and Instagram, TikTok, all of it. Um, so if you want to go check those out, Instagram and TikTok, I'm active on a daily basis so you can see kind of what project is currently being worked on and what dance moves are being done in the shop, all that fun stuff. And another brief announcement here, I am in within the next month going to be releasing a couple of uh, mini courses on uh, virtual mini courses, one on a power carving and then one on uh, staining slash dyeing wood. So if you think you would be interested in taking those courses, go ahead and send me either a DM on Instagram at Freeman Furnishings and let me know so I can put you on the wait list. Or you can also email me freemanfurnishings at gmail.com and I'll put your name on the list. And once that course is up, I will send you all the details to it. All right, so it is Wednesday. I hope you all are having a fantastic week so far and uh, get out and make something and I'll see you all on Friday with a brand new episode. Wonder Woman, now the world is ready.